Hey gang, Wonder Rob here, and Shop's here too. This podcast is part of the Geek So To Speak network. Visit GeekSoToSpeak.com for our full podcast lineup. Welcome to level 18 of the Sandbox Gamers Podcast, your video game podcast where three digits meet weekly to talk about what we're playing and what's in the news. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm your co-host with a speaking problem, Wonder Rob, coming at you live, well, semi-live from Southern California, and on the line with me are two of my best friends in the metaverse, Ted Raimi's evil twin, Vactor. Yeah! And Sam Raimi's good twin, Jeff W. Hola. <laughs> That's good twin voice right there. Thanks yeah. so much for joining us. If you're not already subscribed, hit that subscribe button because it does us a solid. It does us a kindness. I say it every week. We're a new video game podcast. We're trying to get that exposure. We're not doing it for the money. We're doing it for the exposure because exposure is as good as money, they say. So leave us a review. It helps us rise on the charts. And if you want to leave some kind words while you're at it, go ahead. We would appreciate it. Let's see here. Uh, this episode may or may not be coming out early. We're recording it a day early, but I don't actually edit the episodes. So take what I just said with a grain of salt. Also, I'm going to let everybody know your boy Wonder Rob has a fever. A low-grade <laughs> fever right now. So if I start coughing or if I pass out or if I start saying gibberish... Like, oh, is Horizon on uh, Xbox, or do I need to charge my Xbox controller that already has batteries in it? It's because I'm sick. So, apologies. The only, the only prescription is more sandbox. Yes, I like, I like your attitude. <laughs> all right, so what we like to do around here is we discuss all the latest and greatest video game news. We talk about the video games we've been playing this week. If you clicked on the episode, I'm sure you can see it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge, and we have plenty to talk about that. Plus, at the top of the show, we'd like to do a little get-to-know-you topic, because like I said just a few minutes ago, we're a brand new podcast, and we want you to fall in love with us so you feel inclined, obligated even, to, to come back every week and hang out with us. And I don't read these questions ahead of time because I don't like to cheat. The uh, question that we had last week who won Godzilla versus Kong? And that was a controversial question <laughs> with some listener. So let's see if this week is just as controversial. <laughs> this week's question is, do you prefer commitment games? Quote, unquote. Example, Breath of the Wild, Elden Ring, over others that don't require as much, like Kirby and the Forgotten Land, Doom Eternal, Shredder's Revenge, A Short Hike, Etc. while playing video games. Okay, so do you prefer the long haul versus bite-sized snacks of video games? That's a really good question, Vector. I think Vector made it up. Maybe it's actually, you know what, Jeff? Good job, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. On that question, Jeff. I don't want to just assume it was Vector, so I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> Thanks for that question, Jeff. And you know what? Since you asked the question, Jeff, I'm going to let you answer first. <laughs> what, what do you say on this so i guess my my real answer to this is however long 
the bottle of Thousand Island dressing last, baby. Yeah. That's how long oh my God, what? I need that game to be <laughs> and how long that bowl of cereal takes yeah. to complete. Um, it's funny, the uh, the games uh, that were listed in here, I think I like all of them. Uh, I haven't played a short hike yet, a short hike yet but uh, all those games listed I, I do enjoy. Um, but I would say if I had to say what I prefer, um, I do prefer the commitment games because um, typically i mean for me that definition is also weird too because what you know like what would you rate like what would you put a multiplayer in or in what would, category like it's i a would bite put that one well i would say commitment because uh, mm-hmm. you're playing it for so long like let's say for, for example call of duty jeff and i played that for a year straight yeah. and so if you're playing a game for a year straight I would consider that a commitment. Okay. So, yeah, I would probably say commitment games. I mean, I like when I, th- you know, I do like, like the, the Turtles game we just played that we'll talk about later. Uh, I do enjoy that experience of us being able to hop in, and I, I think those are required or necessary. Um, but to me, all my best, I think my best game memories are commitment games then, like, you know, getting on Halo all the time, getting on mm-hmm. a shooter all the time. Uh, Elden Ring, Breath of the Wild, you know, I'm sure I could run down a list of a hundred other games that uh, I can't think off the top of my head. Destiny 2, you know, I would probably say is, is a major commitment game. Um, you know, uh, and I love that game. Uh, I haven't played as much of it recently, but the problem there is is you have to have that commitment and you have to have six people on top of that. So, mm-hmm. um, I j- and, you know, doing the raids in that game too are some of my favorite gaming moments. Um so I, I would I would lean commitment here, uh, although I can see the point of you know non-committal games, especially if you're in the mobile games. Like maybe that's a problem too. I'm not into mobile games, so that you know those games almost just don't get mentioned. Or you know I don't think of those games when I think of non-committal games, and I'm sure some people love love those, right? Right. What about you, Vector? I have. A different answer now that I'm a dad and now that I do this podcast I am more bite-sized because number one I don't have as much time to play so popping in and out for me fits my lifestyle a lot better now than before I had a son the commitment games I was easily able to play like I said me and Jeff played Call of Duty for a year straight and then now that I'm doing this podcast I like to talk about as many games as I can. So my 15 minutes is a good way to get in all of these games. And then I'm able to talk about whatever I've been playing and give my hot take on it. Now, I won't be able to roll credits on every game, but being able to pick up, especially like what we're going to talk about, Shredder's Revenge. If you have just that 30 seconds of fun over and over and over again, and you could just either drop in or drop out. Lego Star Wars was like that too, where you could just, um, anytime somebody comes in with co-op, they could just press start, pick up, play, and then leave. And that's also kind of how it was in the arcades, if you remember, Rob. Mm-hmm. And the Turtles in Time was like a perfect example of that, where you'd be playing with one or two other guys, and then just some random guy would come up, put his quarter in, and start playing with you, and you're like, man, I hope this guy doesn't suck, or I hope he doesn't eat all my pizza. <laughs> So those are uh, those were experiences that I had growing up, but I liked both. Um, I would say 
if I wasn't doing this podcast and if I had more free time, I'd probably play more commitment games. But for my current lifestyle, it's the bite size. Ooh, I find myself somewhere in the middle because I love, excuse me, my commitment games like as as it's been well documented on the mic and off the mic. I am balls deep, so to speak, (laughs) in Elden Ring. Just got to the capital city, everybody. Oh. Can't tell left from right there. <laughs> also got accepted into the Volcano Club. The Volcano volcano Killers Club is what I'm calling it right now. And that's why I had to get to the capital city. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Jeff gets it, though. But I like these big commitment games because I usually do one at a time. Typically, like it was Elden Ring and it was... Resident Evil Village, and it was Red Dead Redemption, and it was Breath of the Wild, and it was Death Stranding, and all these big commitment-type games. But I like the bite size also because I get worried about starting multiple commitment games at once. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like to just stick with the, the big boy that's what I'm working on for however long, and then playing the little guys in between, like a short hike or... um. Ninja Turtles, like we're going to talk about, or anything else in between. So I find myself apprehensive to start big, juicy games when I'm already in the middle of a big, juicy game. But my preference is that commitment game. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Because there's just that feeling. There's something about that feeling for me when I'm playing the big commitment games. I think I've said it on the podcast before. It reminds me of when I was a kid playing with my toys. It's almost the same feeling, like playing with an action figure, being in a scenario, mm-hmm. exploring, using your imagination. That's the feeling I get in Elden Ring or Red Dead Redemption or all the, uh, Spider-Man or whatever. So yeah. that's that's my answer if it makes sense. I'm a commitment guy, but, you know, I got a little side piece on the side. Yeah. Once or twice, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, Gene? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Good question. Solid question, Jeff. Thank you for that. Thank you for coming up with that. <laughs> Moving on. Speaking of Jeff, one thing loyal listeners of the Sandbox Gamer know is that Jeff is always DTF. Yeah. Down to talk <laughs> the fun news. I don't yeah. know what's I don't know if it's that it's a lie on the you know <laughs> He's lying. on in there, but or if it's Vactors, yeah, every time you say it where it just gets I don't know what's happening, you know? That's exactly somebody who is DTF, what mm. they would say. So you've proven our points right. <laughs> so let's uh, let's indulge him. Let's give him his uh, his three-way, so to speak, that we know he's dying <laughs> to have. Vactor, tell us what's been going on this week in the video game news world. Oh, yeah. Well, I know Rob was not too big into Overwatch 1. Jeff and I were for a little bit. That was, that was a commitment game for us for a little time while and then we dropped off of it but we've been talking about the overwatch 2 beta and then the actual release is coming up but we found out this week jeff that overwatch 2 is going to get rid of loot boxes and that was a big part of the experience i want to say that was the first game i ever played that had loot boxes and then gears of war had it then call of duty had pretty close yeah it would have been did they Destiny were. They probably, especially, I would say for like a major console slash PC game, uh, it was definitely one of the bigger 
bigger boys to start implementing what I think was a mobile game uh, conception. Yeah, and loot boxes over the years have fallen out of favor as the method of getting items that that you that you want. You know that um, also have a double edged sword because there's that monetization side of it, and oh, you have to pay to get these cosmetic, you know, things. Mm-hmm. So they're just kind of kicking them to the curb, completely taking them out of Overwatch 2. We don't know yet the details of Overwatch 2's monetization scheme, but uh, the developers are going to be giving us some more information in the future. And I think this is a good change, Jeff. What do you think? Yeah, I was going to say, looking over the article um, earlier today, it seems like they're basically going to go to a store... Uh, set up so you're just going to pay for items that you want no more and, and and honestly that's been that's one of the I think I think the major problems with Overwatch is that that gambling aspect of it mm-hmm. um, there's a few things like this in games that to me just feel dirty um, and there's it's so it's it's the gambling aspect like where you I don't have a problem with you wanting me to to put more money into your game but I think you should if I put more money, I should just get something back, right? Mm-hmm. It'd be like, hey, you know, you go to the store and we'll give you bread, but it could be any kind of bread. You know, it could be, you know, wheat bread, white bread. Right. You know, like <laughs> I, I don't I don't want to gamble my money on something I, yeah. you know, am paying for. Um, that was also when, pita bread. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. That was what made it controversial because it was – kids were playing yeah. this and they were getting exposed to these gambling like behaviors. Yeah, and I believe that this is being this is illegal in some of the EU countries, right? Where they they have to reveal, I think China yeah. they have to reveal their uh their loot numbers mm-hmm. uh, or their uh their loot odds. So I think this has kind of always been on, you know, kind of DOA since those moments when they had to reveal like, "Oh, hey, you know, this is pretty much a scam. You know, the the numbers are so low that you're going to get anything." Um, and there's, you know, it's this that makes me mad. And there's also been like some like, you know, more minor things like with DLC. Uh, and I can specifically remember, uh, an instance in Gears of War three back in the day where they had, they're like, Oh, Hey, you know, here, pay for the season pass and you get all this content, whatever. And me just putting all those hours into that game. I, I bought it, you know, cause I, I knew I was going to put in hundreds of hours and I did. And, uh, there was a, a weapon skin in the game. It was like white weapons and it was just looked, you know, bright white, different than all the other skins they had in the game, but they put it behind like super difficult challenges. And so this falls in the same category for me of, of that, of where the frustrating part is I just want the thing I pay for. I don't want to have to do all of this random garbage or overwatch i think is more egregious where it just wants you to dump money into that system in hopes of getting something um so you know i i still i'm not a huge fan of having to dump like you know like i'm sure these skins are going to be ten dollars a pop whenever they come out you know i'm sure they're going to be charging you know a pretty gross amount of money for them if i had to bet um but i guess i would say they're going to the lesser of two evils you know, in, in a mm-hmm. way. Um, but, you, you know, I don't I don't have confidence in them uh, making this store, you know, a good deal overall for people. I don't have any real experience with uh, loot boxes. I'm well versed in what they are. 
it's not anything that particularly mm-hmm. uh, triggers my itch to play the games. Have you I ever would rather one just in any game? No. Yeah. No. Have you? How much? What? What's your policy on like DLC or like microtransact? Like, do you ever buy extras? But rarely, very rarely. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Unless it's something that I just feel like I've got to have, which doesn't happen very often. But like story DLC and stuff like that is fine. But you know, cosmetic stuff, items. I typically don't go for the special editions. Where, you know, you're getting, uh, you get three more pieces of shoe to wear <laughs> uh, in this game if you get the special. I, that, that doesn't apply to me. I just want to play the game. So I don't really have that much experience in it. But I can tell you it's not something that appeals to me in the slightest. If I wanted to get a particular item real bad, a, a great gun, a skin, I would just prefer, hey, give me a price, man, and I'll pay you right. for it. Give, yeah. give it to me, please. Just give it to me. Just, Just give it buy to me, all please. those Fortnite levels. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and shout out to all the people who spend all that money on them V-Bucks because they <laughs> got to get that suit at the beginning. But me, I'll be not playing because it's Fortnite. But in some mirror multiverse, you know, Wonder Up is out there grinding <laughs> away. And that's yeah. what I have to say on that. Excellent, Rob. Well, guess what? What? Here's something that affects all of us because on the Xbox app, they have added a feature which I'm still not clear if this is online yet because when I go to it on my Xbox app, all it says is not available. But there is a new uh, feature called, I guess it's just called Performance Check where it actually checks your PC specs and then predicts whether the game is going to run well on your PC. So you can save the time of downloading if you know a game's not going to look good on your PC. Oh, this flight simulator is 100 gigabytes. Well, let me (laughs) save you that time because your PC can't run it, boy. Um, I like this. I like this because it's going to be saving me some time. Uh, like I said, when I go to my Xbox app right now, it says performance check not available. Um, um, go to Sea of Thieves. It, it works on Sea of Thieves for me right now. Okay. Yeah, mine check. says it should. Mine says should play great on this PC. Ooh, uh, Jeff over here bragging. Not bragging. <laughs> not bragging. I shop at Target. Not bragging. You know, no big <laughs> deal. Um, hey, yeah, girl, you know, I think this you is. You want a guy whose computer here? can play Sea of Thieves? Yeah. <laughs> Like, wait till I fire up uh, Original Doom. See how, how many frames <laughs> I get on that. Um, I think this is a good factor. I think the problem... I think this is... I, I hope it's pretty good. And I do like the way they are handling it uh, a little more where... You know, they ha- they do have the NVIDIA control panel where you can have it, like, you yes. know, the GeForce experience or rather mm-hmm. that you can set uh, the performance or, like, you know, hey, optimize for my computer. And that thing, to me, is totally off sometimes. Uh, like I think we ran into it with Call of Duty on your computer, where it was setting like, like the the frame rate, like resolution, or not the frame, but the resolution, like scaling was up like two hundred percent. So you're you were right. rendering the game at like five K when you didn't, you know, you just needed like ten eighty P at the time or two K right. or whatever it was. Um, so I think this is a little bit better, maybe than that. I think this is at least like a a fair warning ahead of time, right? Yeah, actually, I checked 
my other Game Pass games, yeah, it's kind of hit or miss on what games it works with. Like the Turtles game, Shredder's Revenge, it does not. Um, but things like A Mighty Goose, it works. Should play great on this PC. Hall, uh, Hollow or, Knight works, yeah. Yeah, the Artful Escape. So, yeah, it's just kind of hit or miss. So I'm not sure what exactly they're going off of there. Maybe they just haven't tweaked every single game. But once that's going, once that's working, I think that's going to be kind of a cool indicator to let you know. Like I said, it's kind of save you some time. Yeah, it's a good idea in theory, I think. Yeah, I wish more uh, like Steam had that and stuff. I think that would be pretty yeah. rad. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. Especially since Steam is collecting that data already on everybody. Mm-hmm. Right? Thanks, Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> so last week we talked about the Callisto Protocol. That was one of the games from, um, I was going to say Game Pass. What was it, Games Fest? Summer Games Summer Fest? Summer Games Fest, baby. <laughs> that was one of the games that I was Xbox Bethesda, baby. To. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Summer Games di- Pass Plus. Extravaganza. <laughs> yeah. The director of that game, Glenn Schofield, there's a nice little article where he talks about um, this next horror-filled sci-fi game. Like I said, I'm a big fan of Dead Space. So Mm -hmm. this is like the next generation Dead Space. And he did it, right, Glenn Schofield? Yes. Uh Same same developer. So did it. um, I want want everybody to go over to The Verge and check out this article because Callisto Protocol is looking pretty good, boys. It doesn't come out until December, but he's dropping... Uh, some tidbits over there. So that's definitely a game that I'm looking forward to. So wanted to just kind of direct you guys over there. That's not necessarily a, a news story, but kind of a, a hybrid. It's a something yeah, story. Yeah. And, and this, I mean, I don't really find much horror movie content to be, uh, there's nothing like gore wise that really gets me to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I'm more of a suspense, maybe mm-hmm. like, you know, thriller type of person, you know, mm-hmm. more Silence of the Lambs rather than, you know, whatever 80s, you know, gore fest movie that's out um, personally. Uh, but I do think they do that well in like Dead Space, you know, like I think we talked about it before on one of the episodes, um, the uh, the needle to the eye. Mm-hmm. I think it's Dead Space 2. Uh, it's like to me, like an iconic moment in games. Like if you search... Just YouTube iconic moment in games or something like that that has to be on the list because it was so like it, I don't know it kind of makes your skin crawl like to see the needle you know go to the eye uh, or I yeah. think it actually inserts into the eye like they show it um, so you know I'm interested in what they do here but uh, you know I don't I don't know if you know this doesn't scare me I know it scares yeah. other members of uh, this podcast <laughs> like whom Trent. like whom Jeff <laughs> Trent. Trent? Oh yeah, I like Trent. Schofield also worked on the zombies mode for Call of Duty, apparently, according to this article. Oh wow! But I also thought he he made a little comparison. You know how Ridley Scott did Alien originally uh-huh. in the '70s, and then he came back in the 2000s, the 2010s, and he did Prometheus. And those are two different types of stories, but they're both set in the same universe. That's kind of like what he's aiming for with this Callisto Protocol. He wants to do a different type of story, um, but still kind of similar to 
what he did with Dead Space because I think that is the classic sci-fi horror game like series. Uh, you got your Resident Evils, and mm-hmm. then you got your Dead Spaces. Those are the two that I would put up there. Yeah, Silent Hill, I would put up there too. There you go. But Dead Space is in space. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, buddy. It's in space. <laughs> you know what's not in space? What? Gran Turismo. And I know that Rob mm-hmm. loved Gran Turismo earlier this year. We talked about it on a previous level. Of the it's Britney, bitch. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> <laughs> the Gran Turismo movie is going to be hitting theaters in August. Thank August God. 11th, to be exact. And I Only. know Wonder Rob is going to be lining up at the theater. Only a month away or a month and a half? Yeah. Oh, 2023? So <laughs> All I got to do is stay alive till August 2023. <laughs> and we yeah. talked about it. This is the ongoing onslaught of Sony video game movies after the success second. of Sonic. Look, if you look at the article. It says Neil Blomkamp is set to direct the movie, which is supposed to be based on a true story of a video game. Hmm. What are we talking about here? Based on yes. a true story? What do we mean? The uh, video game exists, and it's a, sto- <laughs> a story about how the video game exists. Yeah, this this game lets you race cars. That's the story, and then it's just a series of races. What? Yeah, what are they it's, talking you know, about? It's you know based on a true story. This has well, license written all over it. Like it's a it's a story they come up with, and they're like, all right, well let's put Gran Turismo in the title, and then we can just call this a racing series. Oh, this yeah, is a video game. This article at the Verge, which I'll link in the show notes, is speculating that the story is going to come from someone in the GT Academy, which let. Gran Turismo pros compete to join a real-life racing team sponsored by Nissan from 2008 until 2016. Mm-hmm. So it seems like that's where they're going to pull this story from, but who that, knows? That concept to me sounds terrible. <laughs> I liked it the first time I saw it, when it was called The Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, because of the success of Sonic, I think Sony was like, all right, throw everything. All right, we got a Horizon Zero Dawn show on Netflix. We got a Twisted Metal show on Peacock. Uh, the Last of Us show on HBO. There's a Ghost of Tsushima movie. Yeah. There's a God Where's of War TV show Where's my Parappa the Rapper show? Ooh, now that's <laughs> gimme, gimme, something gimme. I could get behind. You gotta that believe. Was my, that was one I of my f- favorites. I feel like we're never going to see this movie. Like, I don't think it's going to come to fruition. Well, I mean, I'm never going to see it. <laughs> All the I was joking earlier, everybody. Uh, I'm gonna die before this comes out. <laughs> I'm not staying alive for this. <laughs> well, something you should stay alive for, Rob, is Resident Evil Village getting an expansion with more story and a third-person mode. Yes, you're the only one who saw credits on that game. Is that correct? That's true. I did see credits, and I did see the secret little tag at the end where, spoiler, Ethan's dead, and <laughs> your daughter is hot now, and is on a bus, Jeez. and she's like, my dad's dead, and then somebody comes up to her, and he's like, are you sure? And then that's it. <laughs> I don't, okay, I don't really remember what the end credit scene was. I just have uh, sort of flashback memories of it, but I am excited. I'm sure I'll get caught up. Or I'm sure the game will catch me up. 
when it comes out to this the scenario. The only thing I'm not super pumped on is the third person. Something yeah, about what, the first yeah, what's person. What's the benefit of that? I guess. I mean, they maybe it's easier to design? Question mm-hmm. mark? Or maybe uh, navigate, if it's what they're going uh, with. Yeah. Uh, maybe the teams who are working on all the remakes are different than uh, who's working on Resident Evil Village, and they got the remix team mm-hmm. on it. I just I feel like the first person is more um, immersive, and because it's more immersive, it's more or it's scarier. Yeah. Um, but I'll still play it. I mean, I liked Resident Evil Two and Resident Evil Three. Those remakes, those were just fine. Interested in Resident Evil Four. But maybe seven was the first one that was first person, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah maybe yeah. just maybe in this the, uh, also DLC. VR. Yeah. Yeah. In Village, yeah, we'll I think it does of... make. Oh, say, it does make ahead. some of the, the the puzzles a little interesting too. Like, there's that one where like I, I can't. I've I've only seen it uh, a few times, but because I didn't totally play the game, but I think maybe my brother was or one of my buddies were, where like you're in you're kind of in, like an underground area and these like you know columns with spikes are falling down at you and you have to mm-hmm. see the little like cubby hole that you can hide in yeah um, that starts at the beginning of the effect. game yeah yeah I, I, and I think it's I think I wonder if that third person mode maybe makes some puzzles that are like that maybe a little maybe a little more obvious a little easier more Pro- difficult I don't know you know they, or just don't fit at all like yeah. it probably wouldn't even necessarily work because I right. feel like the claustrophobic nature of having that first person mode in that scenario is really what drove the suspense. I don't think it was yeah. scary, but it's Resident Evil has a history of, hey, listen, everything's going to one-shot you in this, so just don't let it. <laughs> so it's not scary. It's more like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. I'm going to start over. Um, what I was going to say earlier was, and this is a, a very important point that I think should be noted for everybody, fans or non-fans, <clears throat> will Mommy Milkers be back? I'm... I hope so. Yeah, I'm looking at this, um, the rest of the article. So the, the new story campaign is going to be called Shadows of Rose, and that's starring Rose, the daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, she's all grown up, like Rob said, and now she's struggling with terrifying powers. But then there's also going to be a Winter's Expansion, which is the main story in third person. And then there's an update to Mercenaries mode, including new stages and new playable characters, including... The famous nine foot tall lady milkers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mommy. Sorry, mommy. So this is sorry. The win- the winter's expansion coming October twenty eighth of this year. I'm into it. I'll be playing it. Keep an eye out for my review, boys. Oh yeah, yes. So that was it for the regular news. Um, I got some lightning rounds real quick before we get into our turtle talk. The original Pokemon Snap for Nintendo 64 is coming to the Switch Online next week. Um, Jeff was telling me off mic that he didn't play too much of that, but he played a little bit of it. But this is of my era, so like when you look at the like when you look at that game, that's like when I was into it. So all like whereas now I, I look at the things on like the cover of the box, I'm like I don't know what this is. I don't <laughs> care either. But this was my era. This is something where I would just I would know. Uh, pretty much everything going on in the game. Are you going to yeah. dive into it, Jeff? Uh, I'll, I'll boot it up. You're going to take yeah. some pictures? Yeah, I'll take some little pics. Pokemans? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And then beginning today, 
as we record this June 21st, ahead of Prime Day, Amazon Prime is actually offering more than 30 free games, including Mass Effect, as part of their Prime Day deals. Um, but things like King of Fighters, Metal, Metal Slug 2, um, and keep in mind, Prime Day doesn't take place until July 12th and July 13th, but Amazon does a whole bunch of promotions on those day, days. But um, the most notable title is the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which is a remastered version of BioWare's acclaimed sci-fi RPG trilogy. So check that out. As well as, I always talk about cloud gaming on this podcast, Amazon's cloud service is Luna, and you can actually get a Luna controller for thirty nine ninety nine. It's usually sixty nine, boys. Uh, sixty nine. Nice. Nice. <laughs> so that promotion is going to be available from now until July thirteenth. So if anybody's interested in that, check it out. Capcom is developing a Dragon's Dogma sequel. Hopefully, Kevin Smith is involved. Yeah. Crisis Core. Final Fantasy VII Remake for our good buddy Shav is coming to consoles and PC this winter. If you want to be a weeb, then you, you'll you check it out, right, Shav? Final <laughs> Fantasy VII. <laughs> There's a sequel also to... Did you know Final Fantasy VII is going to have three different games to it, boys? There's three different Final Fantasy VII remakes. It's like a Final Fantasy VII remake trilogy. Yep, yep, yep. That's it's, how they get your money. That's how they get them weebs to open their wallets. Such, yeah, it's such bullshit how they're doing that. It's the <laughs> the sequel is called Rebirth, and it's out next year. And the remake is coming to Steam on June seventeenth. Oh, I guess that already passed. It's it's out, guys. Yeah. Final Fantasy VII remake is out. Since I hold on, let me get that. Let me scoop story. that up. Um, <laughs> Twitch expanded their ad program to pay streamers more money. So that's good news for Wonder Rob. So he can, Hell yeah, finally. He can pay us now. Yes. We're and gonna, then we're Oculus. Be rich. I know another thing that um, Rob is enjoying is the Oculus. Mm -hmm. The Oculus VR games are 40% off until June 26th. So you got five more days, boys, as this comes out. You mean I got to dust off my Oculus? <laughs> I don't know about that. And that's the news Good for this job. episode. Excellent yeah. reporting, Vector. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Now, <clears throat> let's move on to the flavor of the week. The big, big release. If you're a person and you live on Earth and you play video games, you have no doubt heard about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge, the throwback arcade beat-em-up brawler. Starring everyone's favorite team of Radical Turtles is out on every platform pretty much. And we've gotten our juicy little hands on it. So let's dive in, boys. Uh, we've talked about favorite games in the past, and we've mentioned how the Turtles arcade games are definitely favorites on virtually all our lists. But how does this game hold up? And that's what I'm really interested in hearing your guys' opinion on. Does it hold up to nostalgia? Is this a dead genre? Or is this going to be the kick in the butt that this genre needs and more of these games should start coming out? What do you think? Let's start with, uh, you know what? We let Jeff start earlier, so I'm going to let Vactor start this time. What do you think, Vector? The answer to all those questions is yes. Shredder's Revenge is a fantastic 
throwback to an earlier time period that I grew up in. And one of my wheelhouses, I always talk about side-scrolling platformers, which is my favorite genre. But side-scrolling beat-em-ups might just be my second favorite genre. Uh, Jeff and I played Streets of Rage 4 all the way through. And we played Scott Pilgrim versus the world, the game, a little bit. Um, I had beat that previously when it came out originally, but Jeff and I, we actually need to play that a little bit more because we have not uh, beat it together. Mm-hmm. Um, the game. Shredder's Revenge. Yeah, that too. Shredder's <laughs> <laughs> Revenge is a perfect, not only nostalgia, throwback, classic game, but also a new an, a new entry into that genre and everything it it does well as far as making you relive your past because a lot of times when you when you have things that are nostalgia or rose-colored glasses they don't live up to your expectations they don't you know quite they don't quite do it but this one everything that they did in this game makes me think these guys were fans of the original and I think the highest compliment I can pay this game is this is how, in my mind, Turtles in Time looked. Right. You go back and watch old, you know, you go back and watch footage of it now, and it doesn't look like this. This art is what my mind says the old games used to look like. So I, I could not be more happy with the way Shredder's Revenge turned out. I, when I saw that first trailer... That's mm-hmm. I knew I was going to get it just from that first trailer. It lives mm-hmm. up to all of my expectations. See, you brought up a good point about the nostalgia versus good gameplay. Because I was enjoying the game, it's fair to say. But I was, afterwards, after I would play it, I would think, am I really enjoying this because of this genre? Or am I re- remembering the times that I ha- had when I was mm-hmm. growing up? Because... In general, beat-em-ups aren't really a game that interests me. I have not played the Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Um, I can't remember the last brawler game that I played that wasn't a TMNT game. But something about these games, and I think it, the property, the, the memories, I think that's what really cinches it for me. Especially when you're playing online with your friends. Mm-hmm. Like you had mentioned uh, earlier, that feeling of quartering up, like that's a that's a good way to put it. Um, so I did enjoy it, but I don't know that I would go for this game if it was anything other than Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, so when you were coming up, did you play the X Men and Simpsons? Yeah. Games. Oh yeah, I mean, the Simpsons games, uh, X Men. Um, and you know whatever other games in that the X Men big one there was the wasn't there Spider Man and the Avengers oh yeah there was um they actually they had both yep or it was Spider Man and X Men or I can't remember yeah it's been a they while had both. um but those those were peak gaming in the day and that sort of mm-hmm. leads me back to what I mentioned before about nostalgia because they were peak gaming in the the mm-hmm. day there wasn't much that was better than that I mean of course we don't have 
the the games that we have now back then. And I think if you know you went back in time and handed us an Xbox Series X and said, "Get a load of this," <laughs> you know, like all these other games would be like, oh, "This isn't this isn't the game from the future that I really want. This isn't Night Trap," you know. So also, like those type of games lended themselves perfectly to arcade settings. Not mm. everything lends itself. Like you're not going to play Breath of the Wild in the arcade. Right. These type of beat 'em ups where you could drop in and drop out, and that's kind of our get to know you segment in this episode as well. Is like these work specifically when you have your friends, when you have multiplayer, when you have these short bursts. I think. And you can beat this whole game in like three hours. The whole thing, yeah. um, start to finish. Because I've beat it twice now, and it's like you don't even notice the time when you're playing it, especially with your friends. I've been playing a little bit of it by myself on my Switch, and it's fun, yeah. but it's not the same as when like, yeah, we all played it. It's what sixteen levels, and I think. Mm-hmm. The longer stages that I was looking at, like time completion, was like nine minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're looking at probably just a few hours mm-hmm. of, of playing with, with right. especially if you have a group. I mean, you're not struggling against the uh, like any bosses. I don't think you're going to struggle with any boss in general. But there was one that we didn't do because we were just wasting our life. You know, we didn't care, and that was our slip up. But yeah, it's not yeah. not a lot of commitment, and to beat it, it does not take long. And I was listening to the DLC podcast, and they were talking about it, and Christian Spicer on there brought up a good point about how this game is not like the arcade game where they make it impossible because they want you to keep putting quarters in. Mm -hmm. This one, you can, like, everything is doable. Everything is beatable. There's even a challenge in there to not get hit the whole (laughs) round, right? And that's something you can't do in the arcade game. Like, it's impossible to not get hit in the in the entire round or level because of the way they programmed it. And that was on purpose. So it's a welcome change that you can actually do it in this game uh, versus the arcade game. But I think another element of it that we all had playing it, because we did a four-player version with our buddy Shaf, um, and just the hanging out with your buddies, it felt like back in the day when I had a Nintendo 64, after school, everybody would come over to my house, and we would all play couch co-op together. And it was, all right, we got our snacks, we got our buddies, we're talking about our the girls at school, we're talking about the basketball teams we were playing, we're Salad talking about... Dressing. Yeah. Salad dressing. Yeah. Jeff W. loves to bathe in <laughs> ranch. You know, all of that stuff. So that is what I I found the most fun about this game, as well as the franchise, the nostalgia, you know, the gameplay. But it was the, the, the game, the co-op with our buddies. And the the best moment, maybe in the history of me knowing Wonder Rub, was the moment where... I, as Michelangelo, decided while everyone was in the heat of battle, while everyone was taking out all the characters on the left, (laughs) right, up, down, I decided to go into the middle of the screen and just start dancing. And Michelangelo (laughs) dancing over and over again. And Rob could not breathe. He was laughing so hard. And And that made everyone else laugh. And so that was one of the best moments I've ever had. 
I laughed about that for minutes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I don't know why I was doing it either. I was just like, hey, this is fun. It was just so funny to me because it was just (laughs) bodies flying, cowabungas everywhere. The the screen was a mess of just fighting and, and this pixel art graphics of people getting beat up. And then right in the middle... So Michelangelo doing his little scoot step, his little crip walk. And it just got me, man. It got me real good. And I got to say, when I was growing up, Michelangelo was my favorite turtle. And so that's why I played him on the, the arcade game. So when this came out, I, I wanted to try out all the characters, but I in, instinctually went to Michelangelo. And it's fun that you can level up each character in this one. And we yeah. played the story mode. Um I beat it also on the arcade mode, and that one is basically you you get a limited amount of lives, and it's more like the arcade experience, mm-hmm. but you're not leveling up your characters every time, so it's oh. meant to be like a one and done almost, and I like the story mode better, that you can continue to level up, you get two ninja powers, or you can double jump, like you're actually doing stuff, adding um, different attributes to your characters. So I like the arcade mode a lot better, and I like being able to... All right, I leveled Mikey up to three, and now I'm playing with Jeff. He's got Mikey at five, and, and we've, we're playing separately. We can come together, and we still have all that experience that we got from, from playing earlier. So all that stuff I really have been enjoying about the game, and it's one that I've been going back to over and over again, even though... Like I talked about, I always try to play as many of these Game Pass games as possible. The Turtles game has been one that I've been wanting to play over every other game. So I've been very happy with it. Nice. All right. Time for some critiques of this. Uh oh. Right? Always angry. Just like, a, like a love fest here. Just <laughs> everybody's loving the game. Hold on. You know? We're busy kissing, Jeff. <laughs> Rob's like, I don't know why I love this game. And I look behind him. He has 30 turtles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I said that. I, that's what I said. <laughs> it's, if it was anything other than Ninja Turtles, I don't know that I would be bought yeah. into it as that's much fair. as I as I am. That's fair. Um. You know, I, I would say too for for me though, for real, um, I, I did really enjoy our time playing it. I too, Vactor, have probably beat it a couple times uh, with you, with other people. Um, uh, so it's been you know something that I've come back to as well. I try to upgrade the characters, although I have hit kind of a wall where I'm like I've upgraded a couple people to like level six or seven, and I just kind of don't. You know, without the without the chat aspect of that, I am you know it's a good like time waster, you know. But uh, mm-hmm. without that, I am very uh, you know hard pressed to get more into this game. Um, just a couple things I didn't like actually, just while I was thinking about it, because I, I do agree with your guys' points. There was a couple, you know, there's a couple things that, and this falls into like general uh, genre issues with these games. Um, yeah, beat them up. And yeah, and, and for these specifically, your Streets of Rage, your Turtles, mm-hmm. you know, your uh, Scott Pilgrims. Um, some of the gameplay to me gets a little like it's real easy to get lost on screen in this game mm-hmm. in in a couple of ways. One because of your placement, trying to find your placement on screen when an enemy. You're like, okay, I thought I jumped at this enemy. I thought I was low enough on the screen to jump up to this enemy, or I. I thought I was in line with this, you know, 
uh, one of the foot ninjas, you know, coming in on the bike or whatever, and you just aren't level with them. Uh, I find that to be a little annoying in this game sometimes. I mean, obviously, I think if you're uh, if you put plenty of time in, you're going to be just so used to the game. Uh, That's but for what me, I, I think... found that to be a little annoying in parts. Yeah, I think for us because we don't play beat 'em ups as much, that muscle has not been worked of. Oh, I can spot it, you know, right away. Because yeah. I was thinking about it when I was growing up, I never had that problem. I wonder if I was just playing so many beat 'em ups. Yeah, it it just didn't bother me at all because I never remember getting lost, you know, on screen or or not being able to find my character. Now the arcade screens, I think, might have had something to do with that. Maybe they were bigger. Maybe the the distance we were sitting away from them, or whatever it was. But I know I never had that problem growing up. So I wonder if it was just the muscle mm-hmm. of us not playing as many beat em ups. Yeah, that, that that could be true too. And then there's another reason I didn't like that about because there's a there's a point where you have to make a, a jump from a ledge. And this was the le- the one level we actually had to retry the boss on, if you remember. We there's a there's a ledge there and you we try to jump off of it like three or four times and you're like you're like, where do I need to be in the, on this me- on the like, you know what I mean? I'm doing what looks mm-hmm. like a logical jump from one to the other on screen. But in the game it's not making that leap for me um so that was something that just kind of lost you know i i'm not a, a huge fan of in these types of games mm-hmm. um and then and then specifically this game um the yeah the you know vector we were talking about vector doing the dance is mikey and stuff uh you know you have to charge your special ability that's what charges mm-hmm. it and stuff and uh you know so basically when you have that many people in there vector i thought like us two it's a little bit of a challenge. There's enough things happening on screen that somebody kind of has to run off and get protected to charge up their little special ability. Whereas, like, when it was us plus Shav, I felt like at least one of us had, like, fully loaded specials. So, which then leads to other people just being able to get theirs off. Mm-hmm. And I feel like at sometimes you're just looking at, like, a puke of pixels on the screen. You're just looking at, you're yeah. like, what is even happening? Like, how do I be strategic in here? And, you know, like, and try to, like, maneuver when I can't even see what's happening, basically. Um, it's kind of like a like a Michael Bay transformer on the screen, right? Like, it's just so many moving parts. You just don't really know what you're looking at, you know? Um, so there's, there's times where that's happening on the game that I did not like when we were playing it, only because I just, I just couldn't find myself where I... I find, you know, I'm staring off at, like, one of the, you know, especially you guys were playing the Turtles. I was playing Casey Jones. Mm-hmm. And you guys, you know, I'm, I'm sure it was even more difficult sometimes to track your character just because it looks so similar. You know, whereas I could at least track the white mask, yeah. you know, running Several the times screen. it happened. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think those are my, that's my problems with those games. But uh, I think, I mean, I think, it, I think you can buy this on Steam for, like, 20 25 bucks I think is retail or I think it's on sale. I think you can actually just get it for like 22, 21 uh, a few bucks off. Yeah, it's on um, sale on on all the platforms on Switch, on, on Xbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like it's I think it's worth that money uh for sure. I think it's like worth like a fun little $20 little you know, Turtles game um for sure. Um but you know, I I I, I think I wish they would do a little more too. Like we could get some maybe alternate outfits in here, you know, like we were talking, Vector. You know, give uh, give Raph with the, the trench coat. You know, give yeah. him, give him that suit. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's other ones we could find for other guys throughout the, uh, uh, you know, do all the sports iterations. outfits like the toys. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give him the the Star Trek uniforms, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, whatever whatever toys you got back there. Yeah. Rob. Uh, we um, toys figures, you know. Talk talk about the uh, the glitch that problem that we ran into. Oh, the bug that we ran into the game also. That, that was, was yeah, a, too, kind of a downer. Yeah. They actually, um, I'm part of their Discord. They just put out a patch today, so that um, part of part of the patch was fixing that. But yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, so basically, Shoff. Well, the the really the annoying thing. Well, the funny one was Shoff getting not not able to play in a couple maps, uh, being stuck on the. He could not see anything on the screen. I would. I'm trying to recollect from his account. You know, like he was yeah, just sitting he couldn't there. Couldn't see, could see himself, but he could see us, the enemies getting right. But he yeah, could he couldn't see the, see the heroes. Flying. He could see all the villains. Yeah, and it actually benefited him because he got a level done without being touched. So that counted for him. Um, <laughs> but really, the annoying part was it happened to not just Shaw. It happened to you, right. Rob Vactor. Yeah. Did it happen to you? No, I think we were playing that. I can't remember. No. But like, there was a couple. There was one where we had to do it. Restarted it three times because yeah, because it kept various, happening. Yeah, we just it just kept happening to us. Um, yeah, so I did, you know, weird. that was also kind of annoying. But at least the fix was just back. Yeah, they out just put it out back. today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not good to know. So, I have not beat this game yet. Both of you have have crushed it. You've seen credits, as the kids like to say on TikTok. Oh yeah. So, this is a game I'll keep playing. I'm sure you guys will keep playing too. It might be good. For a, you know, a Saturday morning or a Saturday evening gaming sesh online every once in a while. But I would definitely put this in the recommend pile. And Factor, I don't know about Jeff, but Factor offline in the Discord chat are, said that it's already his game of the year. Yes. This Jesus is my favorite game Christ. of the year. And it <laughs> made me go back and rewatch the original Turtles, the 80s cartoon. And I... I actually forgot how good that was. Um, it made me want to watch all of the turtle animated shows. I was actually showing my son some of them because they're all split up over Netflix, Paramount Plus, and mm-hmm. all these places. But it's kind of reignited <sighs> that turtle interest in me, and I just I remember liking turtles so much when I was growing up. Like I was telling Jeff, it's kind of like that was. What Pokemon was to you, I think, is what kind of Turtles was for us growing up. And so there's so much love for the the 90s Turtles cartoon from all of the enemies, recognizing all of the different enemies. I was t- When I was playing with Jeff by myself, I was like, oh, there's Leatherhead. There's uh, Metal. You know, there's all these different uh, guys that I've seen from the cartoon. And yes. then on top of that, they got the voice actors. Now, unfortunately... Shredder, Uncle Phil passed away, but they got the original Turtles. They didn't get April, but they got the original Turtle voices, and that was a big thing for me, mm-hmm. specifically because those voice actors, you know, that was half of the Turtle show was the voice actors, and, and mm-hmm. hearing those voices again, it just put me back in that, that mindset and that mode, so... Yeah. I'm saying we ran into. I played with uh, with Darian, my buddy Darian. He was uh, that guy. You know the one where he's like reaching for the claws. You know, it's like the Shredder clone or whatever mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. boss. Rob, I don't know if we got to that. Chrome yet. Dome. No, we yeah. didn't get to that. And in the original game, you throw the ninjas at him. And Vector, me and you didn't realize it, but you do the same thing in this game. And it, so they they you know they kind of mirrored, you know, 
Turtles in Time or whatever. It's yeah. Somehow. And like I didn't know that because I haven't played a ton of that game, but he knew it. And I'm, you know, I'm surprised you guys didn't know or Doctor, you didn't know. But yeah, there's a lot about Turtles in Time that I forgot, but it's yeah. coming back, um, along with 13 other classic games in the Cowabunga Collection mm-hmm. that I will be getting, which they still haven't announced when that's coming out. Um, but I will be getting that Cowabunga Collection as well. And it's a pretty good time right now to be a Turtles fan because you've got the Shredder's Revenge. You can watch all the old shows. This new one's coming out. But also, the IDW Turtles comic that's coming out right now is pretty good. And I actually had a talk with my buddy Justin Jorfe on We Love Comics, our comic book podcast on the Geeks So Speak podcast network. Um, so check that out if you're interested, because Jorfe's all caught up on 134 issues. I'm steadily climbing my way up, but... It is a pretty good time to be a Turtles fan right now. And if you just look at Rob's room, you can see it's, it's yes. also a good time for merchandise in the Turtles. <laughs> I'm franchise. in severe credit card debt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's good. That's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge for you. Any other games you guys have been playing this week or was that about it? Uh, that was mainly it for me. What about you, I've Back Attack? A- I've been playing a couple things, but I want to get a little bit more time before I talk about them. But real quick, did you guys know, we've talked about it before, Netflix is trying to get into games pretty hard. There's a game out right now called Point P, Point P, and you can download it either through the Netflix app on your phone or directly through the app store. And it's a pretty perfect mobile game basically you just swipe down and your character jumps up so you're jumping up the level the whole time so you're just it's kind of a platformer Um, but I downloaded that and I was playing it and it's pretty fun for the bathroom gaming that Rob I think Rob would enjoy it um, as he's as he's on his porcelain throne every day (laughs) I spend a good majority of my life pooping (laughs) <laughs> I have legendary turds. <laughs> so that's so, um, point point P. Maybe I'll yeah. I, while I'm poo peeing, I'll play point P. If you catch <laughs> my drift. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for this week's episode of the Sandbox Gamers. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't turn off the podcast yet because I have something to say to you. This is important. Did you know that the Sandbox Gamers is part? of the Geek So To Speak podcast network. Of course you did, because you listen to all the shows. You listen to Wheel of Comics every week, starring our own Vactor, and the peanut gallery of guests on that, Marcus Seabury, Hunter Camp, Justin Jorfee, etc. Maybe one day Jeff W. will be on there if he's not too angry. Maybe if I read a comic book one day, I'll be on there. But it's everything you need for all your comic book news, and so we recommend it greatly. We love comics. We also have Trucknological, which is our weekly Star Trek podcast, wrapping up the uh, latest series or season, excuse me, of uh, Brave New Worlds. No! Dang it. it it's Strange New Worlds. Strange mm. Pained New Worlds, everybody. <laughs> strange New Worlds. Can you tell I don't watch Star Trek? I listen to the episodes, but I don't watch Star Trek. Because actually, I told, uh, I told Vactor and I told Shoff this off mic. 
I haven't told Jeffrey W. yet, but my summer project is going back on Paramount Plus and starting from the top oh, wow. of Star Trek The Next Generation and working my way through those 10 seasons. And I'm in, I'm in the middle of season one right now. Nice. Maybe if uh, maybe one of these days I'll hop on Technological. I'll invite myself and be like, here's yeah. what I thought of season one. That's, what, that's the show that got me into Star Trek. I watched it here and there when it when it was on, and and, and like the one episode. Not to get too sidetracked on Star Trek real quick, but I'm getting there anyway. The one episode that really stuck out to me, the first one I ever saw when I was younger, was, and it might be the first Star Trek episode I've ever seen. There was an episode I forget what season and what it was called, but there was a the scenario was there was a person who was afraid to get into the the teleporter, the beam me up. Mm-hmm. And it would there was like a monster in there, like a little worm or something, and it would come get you, and you would be you would get in, and you wouldn't beam out on the other side. Mm. And that was the premise, if I remember it correctly. I haven't gotten to that episode yet, but that was the first one I remember seeing, and I would try to catch it whenever it was on. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm working my way up, everybody. Yeah. So maybe, just maybe. We'll have a Wonder Rob guest star. I love inviting myself onto other people's podcasts. <laughs> um, speaking of other people's podcasts, we also have Geek So To Speak, which is the top of the pyramid, the top of the food chain on the Geek So To Speak podcast network. Geek So To Speak is on a summer hiatus right now. It'll be coming back at the end of summer. But that doesn't mean there aren't 200 episodes for you to catch up on. Were you curious about what we thought about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? It's there. Were you curious about what Shaw thought about whatever the last Jurassic Park movie was called? It's there. Uh, Venom made me physically sick and we talked about it there's tons on there so 200 back episodes for you to listen to check them all out thank you so much you can find us on Twitter at Sandbox Gamer Pod or Instagram the Sandbox Gamers Linktree forward slash the Sandbox Gamers oh and I forgot to mention for the Geek So To Speak Network geeksotospeak.com forward slash network for all the links or check the show notes thanks for subscribing rating reviewing doing all the things GG, everybody. GG. GG. Don't poop in the sandbox. Welcome to level 18 of the Sandbox Gamers Podcast. Your video... (laughs) Your video game (laughs) podcast. Oh my gosh, I've already screwed it up. Your... Let's start over.